0: From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Kraft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Mark Arelli has released 16 CDs, with 6 collaborative and 10 solo efforts, including his most recent, called For a Song, his first solo album of original material in 6 years. He'll be in Columbus, Ohio on January 20th with six string concerts and more information is available on that at crafttheshow.com. Welcome to craft, Mark O'Reilly.
1: Well, thank you so much, Doug. So
0: let's uh, dive right into it about your most recent stuff. You have a crowdfunded album uh, called For a Song, and and I'd like to talk about two parts of this. First off, tell me about crowdfunding this album. That is a really new kind of, uh, um, not even emergent anymore, but almost becoming an established way to do it. But it has really changed, I think, some of the ways that people are functioning as musicians.
1: Yeah, it has. I, I'm not sure it's for the better yet. I'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure any of the changes in the music industry uh, in the last, you know, five to eight years have been for the better, but um, they are what they are, you know. So I, I won't debate them here. But uh, I had cr- crowdfunded a previous record, uh, a tribute to uh, one of my musical heroes, a songwriter, Bill Morrissey, uh, and I thought that that one was going to be, uh, you know, I might be able to draw from. You know, not just my fans, but from his fans and people that knew his music, and, which are a lot more people than, than probably know mine. Uh, and I was able to crowdfund that successfully, and I, but I was resistant to do it for my own record uh, following that because I just thought, like, how am I going to get enough people to, to uh, contribute? And then uh, in the final analysis, I realized there really wasn't another alternative as far as getting some money together to pay for all the things you need to pay for to put a record out. So I, I launched another Kickstarter and um, lo and behold it w- it funded itself in in a week uh, wow. and I was asking for more than the the Milltowns project for Bill Morrissey and it just kept going and I, I forget the the total exact total is close to sixty thousand I think um, so yeah I guess people had just been kind of waiting to to show me how much they support my music and. Uh, I was glad to be proven wrong. It was a, it was a really humbling experience.
0: Oh, that is great. So, tell me about, um, you said at the beginning, you, you don't necessarily think the changes are for the better, and you didn't want to debate it, but I would be interested in your take on sort of the, the pluses and the minuses of it. Is it taking a lot more of your time? Uh, is that what you mean, uh, that
1: uh, to do things
0: like the crowdfunding?
1: Sure. I mean, basically, it just means you have to have your, your hands in a lot more just kind of office work um Mm -hmm. uh in addition to the creative work and you know some people i know uh that do crowdfunding hire people to do the work that kind of work for them but my my feeling is is if it's going to be a kind of direct to fan sort of effort it doesn't make sense to hire someone that then stands between you and the fans uh i feel like if you're going to be an independent artist like be independent <laughs> and maybe that's a little bit stubborn and, and not helpful but uh, for me I find that 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 relationship that I have with with my fans um, mostly cultivated through my email monthly email list that's been um, invaluable to me you know uh, when I hear people uh, complaining about you know all the stuff you have to do as a musician uh, in terms of keeping in touch with your fans like I've been actually doing that just on my own through my email list for, you know, 17 years or so now. So, um, it doesn't feel new to me, but it does, um, just add to all the, this stuff just adds to all the administrative time. And, you know, I'm a fairly organized, um, productive individual, but, um, not all artists are. So, you know, this, this (laughs) model might work for myself, but, I can think of a lot of artists, some who are, you know, superstars now. That were they coming up when this model was really the only avenue for, uh, you know, getting their music out. I can think of a lot of artists that we probably would have never heard of. You know, mm-hmm. do you think Tom Waits could have like, scrapped together a Kickstarter campaign? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced of that.
0: You, uh, know? you know, I can, I can see the Sex Pistols really. Um, yeah. Doing well through Kickstarter or something yeah, like that, exactly, or, 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 or something like so, that. So I
1: mean, it's the kind of thing that that works and can be is is uh, is a wonderful thing when it does work. But the 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 problem is is that you never know when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's people that don't even attempt this kind of thing because they just get overwhelmed, and with good reason, because it's overwhelming. Right. <laughs> it takes over your life for months right. at a time, and. Uh, you know that's that's time when I don't write any songs. I, you know, there's if I put a record out, all the work that you have to do as an individual artist, not a record label, to promote it and to release it. Um, you know, in the kind of proper way or as proper as you can get with it, that just takes all the energy that I have you know other mm-hmm. than you know the stuff from my family so I just I find myself not writing songs for four or five six months you know and uh, mm-hmm. if I was younger I would have I'd be freaking out about that now I just realize it's just the way things are these days and the the songs will come back and they they always have um, but you know that's that's a real sobering kind of model to uh, to kind of set an entire cottage industry up on <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so so let's go to that um, the more positive side then and say that you after the crowdfunding was over you were had an 11 song album called for a song and tell me about some of them the first track is called Oklahoma and I yeah. was interested in how you wrote that and why it was the first track and how how that all came together for you
1: well it's kind of a it's kind of a ballad uh, kind of a, starts out in the minor key Um and that's not an obvious place to to begin a record, right? Um, especially one that I think you know ultimately has a a, a sense of, of joy and a lot of heart to it. But um, when I was in college, I went to go see Lyle Lovett play, oh, and uh, he opened up with a song called "Promises," which um, I think just came came out first on the Dead Man Walking soundtrack. You know, so this was not an up tempo song; it was a very stark. <laughs> you know just solo fingerpicked minor key song and i was you know barely performing at that point but um i had always assumed that you got to come out and just like take a sledgehammer to the audience you know like you got to really grab them mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know you got to just really uh, uh you know come out rocking but um it turns out there's more than one way to, to command an audience's attention i am just a yankee boy Born and bred in Boston, where there ain't no wide open spaces to get lost in, but out here that's all there is. And when the wind gets blowing, it makes a certain sound, almost like the ocean. There's a and I remember just feeling so wrapped about that song, just totally drawn into the world of this song and uh, the, the vibe that he was creating. And then, you know, he kind of ramped up from there. And I never forgot that lesson. Uh, and it took me a long time to actually kind of write the songs that that would achieve the same thing. But Oklahoma ended up being one of those those songs, and so oftentimes I'll I'll open a show with it, and uh, and it felt like a really good place to kind of open open a record too.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I've seen Lyle Lovett uh, a couple different times. Him coming out like a sledgehammer is not something that I can imagine. Uh, you know, like you say, it's just, it just it and and that uh, that song is particularly beautiful. But, uh, you know, it it is one of those where it's got to be as an artist like you, when you sit down to write and you've got something like that, just that effect in mind, difficult maybe to, to, to focus on it? Is that something that you you think about, it, like, here's something I want to do, here's something I want to create, a, one of these beautiful songs. Um, I, I can't imagine you think at the beginning of it, I want to create a beautiful song. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's just sort of a, uh, you know, afterwards you go, oh, that happened to be a fairly nice song as opposed to you know a rockin' song but uh, yeah
1: i wish i had that much control over the proceedings um <laughs> you know I, I think we any songwriter feels the same um you know for me i i feel like i, I there's a line in um the greg brown's uh the poet game uh, which isn't one of my f- favorite songs of his and uh it, the line is, "I've sung what I was given. Some was good, and some was bad. I never did know from where it came." Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, "Wow, that that really rings true to me." I I I just write what comes to me, you know. And uh, I chase. I sometimes I chase stuff, but I find that that's really hard, and I rarely ever catch it. You know, it's it's more just a, a question of trying to keep your your antenna up. Uh, and waiting for you know a day when it's clear enough that some kind of signal comes through. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to just kind of sit around waiting for inspiration. You have to be. You have to keep everything. Kind of uh, in working order, <laughs> right, yeah. in order so that when the signal comes in, you can you you can process it. You know you have to you have to write just a lot of crappy stuff while you're sitting there waiting for the good stuff to come.
0: It's uh you've got uh, like you mentioned your email list served to people out, and you've also got a uh, a blog on your website. And I had noticed the most recent one um, said the something like the thing you need to do as a songwriter is pay attention. Uh, or yeah. something like that. So that must mean sort of partially that when people like me are asking these terrible questions like, tell me about this song, um, it, it it must create a certain amount of feeling like, don't ask me that question because there's there's not a really good answer. <laughs>
1: well, no, it's. I understand the, I understand the, the rationale and, and the the uh, the and you know to kind of learn a little bit about how songs come about. Uh, and you know, I feel the same way about you know some of my my heroes. You know, like I'd give anything to know how they wrote the stuff they wrote. Uh, a lot of times, you just don't know. Uh, I mean, in the case of Oklahoma. I was literally in Oklahoma when I wrote it. And I thought, like, oh, that's got, it's, got, it's a state that's got a nice sound to it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 um, the, the vowel O oh, is a very pleasing one to sing. And uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of that vowel in the name of the state. And uh, I happened to be flying to Oklahoma for a gig. Uh, and I landed um, the last plane in in the middle of an ice storm. And I remember driving the half hour from the airport to the place where I was staying uh, and just seeing cars skid off the road left and right. And I'm going you know, 15, 20 miles an hour max on the highway and just watching people careen off the road. And I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> left my family to go fly halfway across the country into a blizzard. And uh, when I got to the hotel, you know, exhausted after a long day, um, I was not thinking like, "Oh yeah, now I'll get to work and write a song." You know, I was I was doubting my entire existence uh, at that point, and every all my life choices. <laughs> but you know, that's when the song came. You know, and uh, it was kind of a kind of an affirmation of, you know. The whole record is kind of an affirmation of, of, of the choice that it, that I make, you know, to, to be, an, for lack of a better word, an artist. And that song, you know, definitely kind of kicks it off and sets the tone.
0: You may be the second person that I've talked to that had a song arise out of being in a terrifying driving situation uh, <laughs> re- revolving around snow. So I think the, the moral here is putting your life in danger. Uh, in, in natural disasters, is a way to really tap into songwriting potential.
1: Absolutely. I I have two myself. I have one on an earlier record as well.
0: <laughs> so can we look forward to a song that says, uh, it's like a sunny day song, you know, where you're not... Those are really
1: hard, man. Those are really hard because, you know, you want to go to the beach or get outside and enjoy life. That's, that's the thing. Uh, it's really hard to convey... <clears throat> those Those kinds of times. I, I, I actually managed to do it on, a, on an earlier record. The, the record that came out six years before this this most recent one um, was called Little Vigils, and I, I wrote a song in there called August that kind of really encapsulated one of, you know, what I consider to be a, a fantastic summer uh, evening. And I just thought, like, wow, it's great to be able to get a song like that because normally when that stuff's happening, you just... You just want to enjoy it, you know. And okay. it's not to say it never comes back in in, in the lyrics, but uh, it's rarer for that stuff to to, to dwell on joy sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: and not just you have to, to remind
1: yourself to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, so many of the sunny day could just devolve into I got a sunburn, uh, yeah, or so I was attacked <laughs> by mosquitoes, go. something like that. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about is um, on your. Uh, Wikipedia page, which is always, you know, fraught with who knows whether it's accurate. It's fraught, yeah, fraught, it's very fraught. fraught existence. <laughs> it it says that you obtained a master's degree in evolutionary biology. Well,
1: yeah, oh, that is me. true. Yes, okay. that is true.
0: So, how you know you had mentioned maybe while you were doing this, maybe this is the time you saw Lyle Lovett and thought you were starting out, and and thought that's uh, you know what I want to do is up there on the stage. But how do you? Leave a master's degree in evolutionary biology to become a, a singer-songwriter. That's a big jump.
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, it's a it's a big jump in that there is a uh, there is some line uh, towards that you can draw towards career uh, security uh, in terms of you know being like a tenured professor or something uh, in evolutionary biology. Whereas in, in music, you know, you I apply for my job as a musician every day (laughs) you know i feel like i'm i'm kind of campaigning for keeping my job uh constantly um but as far as what you're actually doing i I feel like it's basically the same thing like you're asking questions and trying to get some kind of uh answer that that resonates on some basic level and uh the beautiful thing about life is that you know the more questions you ask uh, it doesn't it doesn't lead to more answers, it just leads to more questions. Because every every answer, uh, whether you're in science or, or in art, you know, leads to, you know, 10 other unknowns that, that then send you down different roads. And uh, so I really felt like whether I was doing an experiment or writing a song, um, it was basically the same process. Um, you know, the, the, and the kind of science i was into was was field-oriented science it wasn't like here's this is going to provide a cure for cancer kind of science and you can just do it in the lab and patent it and make a lot of money like you know basically you know your basic evolutionary field biologist and your basic folksinger are probably in the same tax bracket you know so <laughs> it was it was one of the things that i just felt like i didn't want to sit around when i was eighty years old you know knowing uh, wondering what might have happened if i had given it a shot you know i knew i could work as a a scientist i'd i'm a i'm published in journals and stuff you know i did very well in school but um that unknown of you know wondering whether i could do the same thing in uh folk music was just kind of gnawing at me and i couldn't i couldn't let it go until i figured it out and uh when i do figure it out i'll I'll call you back and let you know (laughs)
0: Well, I think you figured it out. So uh, with 16 Uh CDs, you must have figured it out by this point. It's working well for you. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, we certainly look forward to your coming to Columbus on Friday, January 20th with six-string concerts. And, uh, you know, all the best with uh, your travels between now and then, especially since uh, January 20th. It may be a really snowy day in columbus certainly possible. yeah
1: maybe i'll get a song out of it
0: maybe you know <laughs> if, if all goes well thank you very much Mark hey thank you for more information from my guests visit www.crafttheshow.com this is doug dangler until next time be creative